Welcome to Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. We teach the common wisdom of love and unity that is found in all mainstream religions, metaphysical teachings, mysticism, and inspired secular and religious writers and teachers throughout the ages. Our goal is to help you connect with your higher divine self and transform from the inside out so you can become a force for love and transformation in the world. Each week, we bring you wisdom from our founding spiritual director, Reverend Candace Shalou, and other guest speakers. We hope you enjoy this week's Words of Wisdom. There's an old joke about a pastor who visits Ethel, one of her oldest homebound parishioners, and the pastor starts talking to her and says, Now, Ethel, I think it's time we had a discussion about the hereafter. And Ethel laughs and says, Pastor, that's all I can think about these days. Every time I walk into a room, I wonder what I'm here after. <laughs> the joke reminds us of our very human tendency <laughs> to forget. When we come into this world of form, we forget what we're here after. We think we're here after wealth or fame or power, recognition, keeping up with the competition, garnering all the seemingly, scar seemingly scarce resources we can before somebody else gets it. Jubilance, that's not what we're here after. We're here to remember the hereafter that we've never left. Despite what our bodily eyes and ego tells us, we're not ultimately these bodies. We are one spirit. We're divided up into seemingly disparate people, but we're here to learn one thing and one thing only, and that is to remember that we are only love. We've never been separated from that source of love, but when we come into this world, we forget what we're here after. The Course in Miracles tells us exactly what we're here after. To forget and remember. To forget the ego's insistence that we're separate and remember the truth of the hereafter. We are one and we will always be. And when we can remember that, we'll never forget to say, Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Breathe deeply. Hear these wise and holy words. From A Course in Miracles, chapter 14. Offer the Holy Spirit only your willingness to remember. For God retains the knowledge of God and of yourself for you, waiting for your acceptance. Give up gladly everything that would stand in the way of you remembering. For God is in your memory. His voice will tell you that you are part of him when you are willing to remember him and know your own reality again. Let nothing in this world delay your remembering of him for... In this remembering is the knowledge of yourself. To remember is merely to restore your mind to what is already there. You do not make what you remember. You merely accept again what is already there but was rejected. The ability to accept truth in this world is the perceptual counterpart of creating in the kingdom. God will do his part if you will do yours. And God returns and his, and his return in exchange for yours is the exchange of knowledge for perception. Nothing is beyond God's will for you, but signify your will to remember God, and behold, God will give you everything but for the asking. And from writer D.H. Lawrence, No form of love is wrong so long as it is love, and you yourself honor what you are doing. Love has an extraordinary variety of forms, and that is all there is in life, it seems to me. But I grant you, if you deny the variety of love, you deny love altogether. 
If you try to specialize love into one set of accepted feelings, you wound the very soul of love. Love must be multiform, else it is just tyranny, just death. Buddhist teacher Tara Brock tells an ancient story about a king who had no heir. And instead of just picking somebody that he wanted or at random, well, I guess at random, he decided to invite everybody and anyone who wanted the job to come for interviews. And so he provided this elaborate meal and he opened up the palace to anybody who wanted to come and tour the grounds and see where they might one day be living as the king or the queen. And so to ensure everyone was equal, he provided a room full of different wardrobes, full of jewelry and whatever it is they wanted to wear to appear their best. So when the day arrived, a crowd of people rushed into the castle, onto the castle grounds, and the king and his ministers were waiting in the upper chamber to greet those who would come forward and be interviewed. Meanwhile, the people down on the castle grounds, they're making themselves at home. They're taking in the bathhouses, they're trying on clothes, they're experimenting with perfumes and jewelry. And the people milled around. They started eating you know, all the great food that had been laid out. They were talking and laughing and admiring and judging each other. Hours went by. But still nobody came up to talk to the king about becoming his heir. And the king and his ministers, they could hear the people downstairs laughing, talking, enjoying themselves. Finally, after a little while, it got quiet. And the king sent the minister down to see what was going on. And the minister came back up a few minutes later and reported that everybody had left. They took the food, they took the jewelry, they took the clothing. They were gone. They were full. They were tired. And they forgot why they came. And that's our story here in this bodily world. We've come here to remember who we are. We're already God's heirs already holy and innocent. Our purpose here is to be the light of the world, that open channel for God's love to manifest in this world of form. And when we get here, though, we get distracted. There's so much to do in this bodily world. Foods to enjoy, clothing to wear, jewelry to adorn ourselves with, friends and lovers to find, enemies and strangers to judge. So much going on. We get full. We get tired. And we forget why we came here in the first place. We get caught in the ego's trance of seek but do not find. We think that we are the clothes we wear. We think we're the background we came from. We think we are the thoughts that we think or the emotions we express. We think we're our jobs. We think we're our family history, our social affiliations. We think we're our race. We think we're our class. We think we're our sexual orientation or our gender identity. We think we are our political affiliation our religious beliefs, our national allegiances, we can't see that these are just costumes that we're trying on. And it has nothing to do with who we are or why we're here. Our work in this world, according to A Course in Miracles, is to forget and remember. We must forget the egoic distractions of this world that convince us that we're something that we're not. And remember who we truly are, that innocent light of love that's just meant to shine in the world. So how do we forget and remember? It begins with willingness, the Course says. Offer the Holy Spirit only your willingness to remember, for Spirit retains the knowledge of God and of yourself for you, waiting for your acceptance. 
Give up gladly everything that would stand in the way of your remembering. For God is in your memory. His voice will tell you that you are part of him when you are willing to remember him and know your own reality again. Let nothing in this world, let nothing in this world, not the temptations of costumes or prestige, let nothing in this world delay your remembering of God. For in this remembering is the knowledge of yourself. Oh, but the things of the world, oh, we love them, we do. Like those guests, we get caught up in these world's delights and how we can dress up and be different things in this place of form. When, however, we set our intention, our willingness to remember who we are, amazing things start to happen. We begin to become aware of so much more that is going on in this world that we have ever, that we have ever known or seen before. And this, of course, says, is what God does for us when we become willing to remember the truth that's already in our mind. God exchanges our perception of the world for holy knowledge. And that means, as we become more and more willing to remember who we truly are, we become more and more aware of just how distorted the egoic view of the world really is. We are always perceiving wrongly when we see this world through the lens of judgment or grievance or manipulation or competition. If we're willing, though, to have that perception healed, we can come to a place of knowing, a place of knowing that we're on the right path because we've ultimately chosen love over fear. Breathe deep. As I was beginning my own journey of forgetting my ego and remembering my higher divine self, I took the words of a friend of mine to heart about this path. She said, either this shit works or it doesn't. Put it to the test. So I decided I was going to try it out in one of the toughest situations in my life relating to my family, especially my two older sisters, who are in every way my political opposites. One of the maxims of A Course in Miracles is, whatever is missing from any situation is what you are not given. In the situation with my sisters, what was missing <laughs> was peace. So I decided, as I traveled home in 2015 for my mother's funeral, that I was going to bring peace to this relationship. This jubilance was my willingness to remember. It's the first step in forgetting and remembering. I was gladly giving up that thing that separated me from my sister's political arguing. How silly. I resolved that this trip, I was not going to talk politics. They could say whatever they wanted, but I would withhold my opinion for the duration of the trip. And what happened was a miracle. I stuck to my resolution to be the peace, well, for the most part. <laughs> you know, I poke the bear once in a while. I mean, come on, you gotta, you gotta. But when politics would come up, I would either let my sisters go at it until they ran out of steam, because they would be, you know, they're saying the same thing back to each other, and if I wasn't objecting, it just falls apart eventually. I mean, there's only so long that you can agree with each other if nothing is, nothing presenting itself to push back on, so I was just like, and so when they finally fizzled out, I would ask them to tell me about their grandkids. I would ask them to tell me 
one of their special memories about our mom. Anything to make a connection that was deeper than politics. And I'll tell you what, it's the best time I've ever had with my sisters. We laughed, we cried, we bonded in ways we had never done before. And it was a miracle. But here's the key, though, and it's something that you, you all, that I invite you to all do if you, if you go on this journey to forget and remember. The first thing I did before I stepped into that lion's den of my sisters was I gave compassion to myself. On the egoic level, what I wanted from my sisters was their respect. I wanted their recognition. You see, I am the baby of the family. These are the two oldest siblings. And I always felt like, as the baby, my opinions and my feelings, they never counted. You're just the baby, what do you know? So arguing over politics solidified those feelings for me of not being taken seriously. So on that level of ego, I wanted to be seen as a peer. I wanted to have my feelings and my opinions validated by them. And that was never going to happen. Not going to happen. You're not going to get it. So the next step was to go deeper, to ask myself not what my egoic intention was, but what's my deepest intention. And that jubilance was to create a genuine, loving connection to my sisters. My deepest intention was to let nothing of this world, least of all frickin' politics, delay me from making that connection. Because my intention was one of unity and not separation, I was able not just to remember who I truly am, I was able to see my sisters in their inestimable value. I could see them as holy and innocent and beloved. I'd never seen that before. That was a miracle in itself. So what are your intentions in this world, Jubilance? Have you forgotten have you been too busy trying on the king's clothes or eating his bountiful food to remember why you came here in the first place? The slogan that we adopted from the Jubilee community in Asheville, our, our mothership, is actually an old Zen saying of keep the main thing the main thing. And that means to forget and remember, to leave behind the trappings of the false self of the ego and pursue the main thing, remembering who we truly are. And this means putting our attention on our intention, putting attention on your intention to remember. So how do you do that? Well, Tara Brock offers us some guidance on the three signs that your intention is liberating because you're keeping the main thing, the main thing. First, it is an intention that will manifest your innate potential. When you set your intention to restore your mind to what is already there, as the Course says, to remember your holy innocence. God will use your innate talents and skills for this purpose. For example, the Holy Spirit will never call me to become an accountant. It's not going to happen. I will spend a lot of time in jail. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's where I'm supposed to be. Who knows? But that's not where my talents lie. That's not my skill. Math is hard. I was told there would be no math. <laughs> but as I have sought more and more to forget my ego and remember my higher divine self, the Holy 
has used all of my skills. Right now, I'm using just about every skill I possess. Writing, speaking, songwriting, collaboration, even a bit of web building. I've, you know, I'm not great at it, but I can do it. All of those things help me become this open channel for God's love to flow through me into the world. And God will build on your strengths if you set out to remember. Secondly, your liberating intention must be embodied. Because you can't just talk about becoming a better person or more loving to people and then go out and be mean. Or unloving in any way. Still working on this one in traffic, although I will tell you, when I was, when I was, driving, on, I was driving on 26 yesterday and people, people took the crazy pills, they really did, and they were just swerving in and out. And I, I want you to know, this is, this is like a first. I'm going to have to write down the date. I had no reaction. I had somebody just come up and write, you know, I'm just like, all right. Nothing. Now, my heart didn't skip a beat. I didn't feel angry. Huh, this shit works or it doesn't. I've been working on that. I've been intending to be a better person behind the wheel and trying to practice. You've got to embody it. Finally, the true liberating intention, truly liberating intention always, Brock says, relates to this moment. Because this is all you got. Can't do anything in the past or the future. So what's your intention right now? How can you use this present moment to remind yourself that you are a channel of love in the world? And what can you do in this moment to embody that and express it, extend it into the world? Of course, in A Course, the Holy says, I need the children of light now. I need the children of light now. That is all of us who are willing to do the work of forgetting our ego self and becoming dedicated to living from who we truly are in this place, to be this space, this channel of love in the world. And this isn't about quitting your job and becoming some spiritual guru. It's about being the open channel for love in this moment, wherever you are, no matter what job it is you are doing. If it's true that we are all one spirit in this bodily world, we're having very different, disparate experiences. And we're all uniquely manifesting talents and skills. And all the holy is asking us to do is use all of them, all of them to be that unconditional, never-ending eternal love in this world. We are all called within our unique individual forms to just be beacons of love. As author D.H. Lawrence observed, no form of love is wrong so long as it is love and you yourself honor what you are doing. You yourself honor what you are doing. Love has an extraordinary variety of forms. And and that is all there is in life, it seems to me. But I grant you, if you deny the variety of love, you deny love altogether. If you turn your love away from one person, you've denied all of it. But I, if you try to specialize love into one set of accepted feelings, you wound the very soul of love. That's the special relationships that A Course in Miracles talks about. Love, Lawrence says, must be multiform. Else it is just tyranny, just death. 
multiform. All you different people out there loving in your own unique way. Channeling God. Remembering who you are. I invite you this morning. Remember that you are a child of light. And the holy needs the children of light right now. You are a pure expression of love in whatever form you have taken. The Holy is asking each of us to just show up in the world and be a miracle worker by loving wastefully, by extending that love in every moment to anyone and everyone who appears before us in this moment. We can't judge anyone, as Lawrence says. We can't dictate who is worthy of love. We are all of inestimable worth, whether your ego calls somebody a friend or a foe. The ego will tempt you to turn all this around and forget who you truly are and remember its power over you. But do not, do not beat yourself up if you give in and follow the ego. We will all do it. Nobody's going to do it perfectly. Just remember, remember, we're all on this path. We're all learning. None of us are enlightened beings yet. You are only love a course reminds us. And that's something when you, get, when you get irritated, when you're following the ego, that's a way to get back. You are only love. You are only love. But when you deny this, a course says, you make what you are something you must learn to remember. That's a way to remember you are only love. We're all seeking to forget and remember, which means we must be about this journey together remembering the truth about one another so we can remember it for ourselves. I remembered it for my sisters, and in that effort, I remembered it for me too. This all turns, jubilance, on your willingness to remember. And you do that by setting your intention to awaken to your higher divine self in every moment of the day. Then be willing to become the embodiment of that love in the world using all the skills that you have been given no matter where you are in the moment. A course assures us that if we do our part, God will do its part. And we will have everything for the asking. And that is not a promise of worldly goodies. I don't know, you might get some. But that's not. That's not the everything that you want. The everything that the holy offers us in every moment is simply this, the peace that passes all understanding. Dear Balance, once you remember that you already have that peace and all you need to do is claim it for yourself and everyone around you, that's when the whole world gets to say, oh yeah. Thank you for joining us for Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. If you enjoyed the program, we hope that you'll support us by leaving a good review of this podcast wherever you download your shows. We also hope you'll support us in other ways, either by becoming a subscriber to our YouTube channel and our weekly newsletter, or by supporting us financially. You can find out how to do all of that by visiting our website at jubileecircle.com. Many thanks to Audio Coffee from Pixabay for supplying our podcast music. Join us again next week, and until then, take the words of Meister Eckhart with you. If the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that will be enough. We thank you for your time and wish you the kind of week that will leave you saying, Oh, yeah.